Bidzy Small Business Society number 74. You're listening to Bidzy Small Business Society. I'm Rob Barisoff. We talk to small business owners about what makes their small business successful. Connect with Bidzy Small Business Society at bidzy.com and grow your business. Bidzy.com is the website that connects customers and respected local businesses. Customers post projects for free in any of over 100 categories, including all types of home renovation, landscaping, cleaning services, photography, and many, many more. Now, if you're a business, Bidzy.com is a great way to find new customers because you are automatically notified each time a customer posts a project in your subscribed categories. So for example, let's say you own a roofing company and a customer posts a project in our roofing category. You are automatically notified via email or text and you can submit a bid at bidzy.com or use our internal chat system to introduce yourself to the customer and give them reasons why they should use you to complete their project. Monthly subscriptions start at $14.99. That's $14.99 per month for unlimited access to new customers and unlimited bidding at bidzy.com. Email rob at bidzy.com for more details or start your 30-day free trial now at bidzy.com. Welcome to another episode of Bidzy's Small Business Society. Today, I am joined by John Stocky. John is the founder and CEO of the Stocky Exchange, a company that helps businesses in the hospitality industry grow through innovation and inspiration. John's personal experience has given him the opportunity to travel to over 30 countries where he motivates and trains hospitality staff on the skills of making the hospitality experience a unique one. Welcome, John. Can you first tell us more about yourself than about what it is that you do? Well, thanks for having me on. I really appreciate the opportunity. Thanks, John. Yep. Thanks for freeing up the time, man. Yeah. So a little about me. Uh, as soon as I graduated college, I said, hey, I got to get a job in hospitality is what I want to do. Applied to a bunch of places in Las Vegas to start. Uh, didn't end up accepting a job there. I didn't want to move all the way across the country for 10 bucks an hour. So I, I had the opportunity to move overseas. Uh, so I moved to Australia for a year and then eventually I moved to the Middle East, where I lived in the United Arab Emirates for three years and then moved to China for a year as well. Uh, and was working for a luxury hotel company out there as a marketing and e-commerce director. And eventually, a little bit too sick of being so far away from family. It was about a 40-hour plane ride every time I needed to come home. Uh, so that was a little boring. Uh, <laughs> so I started, uh, moved back to the U.S. and I uh, started doing consulting. And it's been almost four years now and have just continued to kind of keep on the entrepreneur train and figure it out as I go. You know, so it started from, hey, I can start to do this and eventually said, this is how we're going to make more money and try to make more money and uh, now really focused it down to just doing hospitality consulting, uh, which I focus on providing strategic advice and guidance for hotels, restaurants, bars, breweries, distilleries, and wineries. Uh, and that's, that's what I do. I do a lot of public speaking now, so I do training and education, uh, a lot of travel and tourism events and conferences which has really opened up my network and allowed me to, uh, you know, expand, meet new people, work with larger companies. And that's just kind of, it's keep on going. It's, it's the snowball effect that every time you, you have the opportunity to talk, other people hear that. And then they're like, oh, well, that would be good to talk here. He would be good to know there. So 
you usually get more speaking opportunities or just get new networks and clients out of it. So it, it works out great. Yeah, man, exactly. You are a master networker, it looks like. And we are having this conversation based on your networking skills there, John. So we appreciate that. Now, help our listeners understand. So you were working for uh, you were working for a company in their marketing, PR, and e-commerce de department. You moved back to the States. Now, what was the transition into working for yourself rather than finding another job, so to speak? Yeah, so I, I moved back from China. Uh, and I took some months of vacation, kind of got readjusted to back living in the U.S., not living the expat lifestyle, which is unique in its own right for sure. And then I um, started, got connected with my, one of my old professors from university who was a training uh, and, and learning development director for a, a company here, a large hotel company. And he said, hey, we, we need someone to help develop training programs. You have a hospitality background. You have a good marketing background. This would, you know, this would work perfect. So I got connected to him, started doing consulting, and then started taking on more kind of low-hanging fruit around my, my area where I moved to and did that for quite a while and realized, hey, I could, could make a business at this. I'm solving problems. And eventually you realize as a, as a consultant, you only have so many time, so many, so many hours in the day. So you really, really have to focus on what you're good at and kind of collaborate with a group of people around you to help do things that you're not so good at. And that, you know, as an entrepreneur, it took me a while to figure out. So kind of self-awareness kicked in after a while and realized like I'm not where I want to be. I got to start growing. And then, uh, so it's been about, about a year and a half or so until I finally started, you know, I mean, in my eyes, starting to make the right moves, starting to focus, started to not try to be a jack of all trades and a master of none and really say, hey, this is what I'm good at and let's surround myself with other people to, you know, do the things I'm not good at. For sure. So you've carved out your niche. Now, John, what's really got you most excited about the hospitality industry specifically? Uh, I, I, I love working in the hospitality industry because I don't like selling tangible, I don't like selling iPhone cases or pens. I love selling experiences. Uh, it's the unknown. It's trying to make the tangible or the untangible tangible. And that's what travel and hospitality is, is, you know, oh, you sell food. Yeah. But is it going to be good, bad? Is the server good? The experience of the restaurant? Like, I just love that. And my brain just has this weird, like crazy attention to detail when it comes to those experiences and how they affect people. And I, I don't know, like, it's hard to even go out to restaurants sometime and enjoy yourself, even if it's at a fantastic restaurant. My brain always is just looking for like the five things that could be fixed or could be better or a little bit. Um, and, and I found out that there are people who really need that and appreciate that and don't have that skill. And if I can help them with, you know, helping their business grow by paying attention to those little things that they, that they might not see as a business owner. Um, and that goes right along with, you know, focus on what you're good at and then have other people in your kind of network help you with the things that you're not so good at. Absolutely. Now, John, you're in a very competitive space, obviously, very cutthroat, so to speak. Now, with customers maybe shopping on price, mm -hmm. how do you create that experience to keep them coming back? Yeah, I mean, in, in terms of, say, I don't know, limited service hospitality, so your basic smaller hotels where people are very price conscious, um, it's all about listening and learning what do they want and deliver on that? So it's managing expectations and over-delivering on 
expectations. That's it. Uh, I mean, prices are very important. Um, and there's a lot of people who are, you know, they can go to, say, Kayak and look up hotel rates for your hotel in 25 different places to try to find the best rate. And, you know, I'm working directly with those brands to say, what can you do to make sure that they book through your website? You know, give them the best rate, give them the best service direct so you're not booking through someone else because you're paying someone else a commission to do that. So uh, I think developing a lot of your own brand content that's intriguing, that's interesting, that's valuable rather than just selling, selling, selling all the time, you know, provide a little value, provide a reason for people to want to worry or carry about your brand the next time they think about their travel plans. So where are you creating that content? How are you really engaging with and growing your customer base? So, I mean, if we talk about my customer base or my client's customer base. Sure. You know, we could maybe use some of the strategies that you're using yourself and translate them for your clients. How's that? Uh, I mean, yeah, somewhat. So, I mean, I'm trying to get my clients and where I'm, you know, mainly connecting with me is through referrals um, and networking with other people who provide complimentary services to mine. And that's a great, uh, it's worked out great. You know, like I said, the more I, sp- the more I speak, that turns into more referrals and people, you know, enjoy that. And then that leads into my services, um, networking with people like you and other professionals who help um, graphic designers, you know, all the photographers, technical writers, website developers, all the people who help execute the things that uh, a lot of my clients need. They have clients who are like, hey, we need a website. But then once you start looking into it, they realize they need way more than just a website. So that's where I get referrals from is saying, hey, you need to look at the kind of bigger picture, help manage overall budgets and things like that before you start just buying the next shiny thing and realizing that it's not really useful for you. Then for, I guess, hoteliers, how would they go about attracting those new customers and you know really maintaining that customer base? Yeah, I, so specifically for hoteliers, it's a lot of things. Um, if you're not a massive company, um, you kind of have a big separation between large companies like Marriott and then your independent hotels who don't have a brand behind them. Um, so I like working with independent hotels because they're always, they have more flexibility, larger hotels, you know, they follow brand standards and they don't have an Uber amount of flexibility with the services or the products that they have because their website's controlled by someone else. Um, but local hotels, uh, I definitely recommend, you know, building partnerships and relationships with your own community, going back to the old networking, talking to local people, building a good reputation for supporting your local community, and then your community will support you by saying, hey, when you come into town, you should stay here. That type of advertisement is huge. Um, Managing your online reputation is massive. Uh, Making sure you're listening to clients on TripAdvisor, on Yelp, uh, on places where people are talking about you and your business. You need to be not only listening to that, but engaging with guests who were either happy or had a bad time. You know, you, you need to be open for criticism and say, hey, you know, sorry we did that. Sorry that happened to you. What can we do to make it better? You know, always be continually learning. And I feel a lot of people appreciate that. And you can do that proactively. You know, don't wait until, you know, you have an unhappy guest and just let them go away. You know, ask them during your stay. Is there anything I can do for you? How's your stay? Please tell us if anything's wrong. And you can usually alleviate a lot of, uh, you know, potentially negative or damaging things about a negative experience someone had by just being open and accepting of that information and saying, you know, we're not perfect, but we're here to help. You know, whatever's wrong, I want to make it better. 
that negative experience can be truly an opportunity in many different ways, right? Every single time it's an opportunity. It's either an opportunity for you to learn that this is what your customers like, what they don't like, uh, and then you got to make action on that. But uh, you know, if you just say this is what it is, take it or leave it, where we think we're the best. Well, you know, there's a lot of people who don't think that, and you know, why not just be open and humble and say we appreciate that. Innovate. You know, if you're not innovating, you're dying. So the hospitality industry has been around for a really, really long time. It hasn't changed too much. Um, but at the way speed and communication of information is traveling now, it's requiring all industries to move much, much quicker um, with competition and with people being able to look up information about your hotel at two o'clock in the morning in their pajamas. Um, when you think you're at home sleeping, well, you know, people are looking. Are you controlling that message out there? And if not, uh, those are things you need to start capturing. Now, John, I want to go back to your business and when you launched it. So what were some of the challenges that you faced in actually getting your business, your consulting business, off the ground? Uh, probably recurring income is, I think, for a lot of entrepreneurs, one of the most challenging things. Um, being in, a consultant, I work a lot on project basis um, or you know, fix this thing for that, fix that for this. Um, and then just having time for client acquisition. Um, my job specifically is I don't sell a product. So it's not like I have an easy sales pitch. It's I don't sell this, I don't sell a website for $2,000 and like I'll sell as many people websites for $2,000 as they want. I fix problems. So how do you put a price on a problem? So I had to come up with ways of client acquisition. You know, you got to talk to people for months and months and build relationships until they're finally like, oh yeah, we should probably hire that guy to help us with this problem. Was there ever a problem with you getting buy-in from your clients or did you ever suffer from imposter syndrome where you sort of asked yourself, hey, why are these people even going to buy what I'm selling, so to speak? Every day, every day, man, this is the reality. Like it's, it's crazy that something that is just so innate in you, you just feel like for me, it's just like, this is the basics. Like this is common sense. And one of my favorites quotes from living overseas for so, so far and going from Australia where everything's pretty similar to the U.S., then you go to the Middle East where everyone is from somewhere else. I mean, less than 10% of that population is actually from there. So less than 10% of the population is Emirati. So everyone is from somewhere else. And then you go to China and I became the, you know, we had 1,200 staff and we had two foreigners, myself and the general manager. So you become a big fish in a small pond, a small fish, and you're back and forth and back and forth. Um, so my, first, my favorite quote is, common sense isn't so common. So the things that I feel are just like uh, easy, super simple, that's exactly, uh, you know, that's not the case with a lot of people. So, yeah, you need to build trust with people. You need to build relationships and get them to buy in to say, okay, we need help. And with almost any business owner, um, you know, asking for help sometimes is, uh, is showing vulnerability. Um, change is difficult. And a lot of the things that I offer is change and things aren't going right. And that's sometimes hard to listen to when someone comes in and says, hey, this isn't, you're not doing this right. That's a tough thing. It's a bitter pill sometimes for a lot of people to swallow. So now that I'm getting more referrals and working with more clients, I'm definitely feeling more comfortable in how to do a lot more listening than, than talking. Because most of the time, problems are just caused by lack of communication. So once you open up that avenue and allow people to communicate openly and freely, you usually find out the root cause of a problem instead of just solving a, a symptom. 
So you ask why five times, and you'll usually find the root cause of a problem rather than just saying, you know, solving a symptom. Absolutely. I love it. Just listen more than you speak, I think. I love that. And that's a hard thing for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now, John, like you said, this stuff comes easy for you and you want to make this stuff come easy to your clients. So tell us, why is it so important to have a coach or a mentor, especially in the hospitality industry? Uh, I mean, I think the if you're a manager or, I mean, an owner of a business or you're at the top level, a lot of the times you don't, you don't have a sounding board. Uh, you don't have someone to be able to say, am I crazy? Like you said earlier, imposter syndrome. Like if I have that, I don't have anyone to be like, hey, is this, am I crazy? Is this good? Is this bad? So you have to make a lot of decisions by myself, um, which is scary. You know, for a lot of people out there, they don't have the ability to make those decisions. And that's why they work for other people and they're not entrepreneurs. Um, but you have to be willing to make a lot of decisions every day that you don't have a fallback. You are the fallback. If, it, if it's wrong, it's all your fault. And not a lot of people are willing to take that risk uh, on a multiple time daily basis. Um, so for me to have a coach and a mentor, I, I've reached out. Uh, I started following Gary Vaynerchuk about a year and a half ago. Um, and he has been a huge kind of motivator for me to kind of follow like he's my spirit animal. Like if we were, if we were connected somehow, like we, we, we think very much alike. Uh, we, we take a no BS approach and results matter. So I'm, I balance that my, my crazy, crazy level of like analytical brain. And I continually try to work on my empathy and that transition mentally from being very analytical and just saying, here's a problem, fix it. You have to work, you still have to work with people and not everyone works like you do. So being an entrepreneur, I'm the face person, I'm the cook, dishwasher. So there's no like, oh, hey, talk to my sales team. They talk you into it and I can just do the work. No, you have to do it all. So I think self-awareness um, for me internally, I'm focusing on what I'm good at and, and, and really working on empathy and, and listening has been one of the biggest things that I've learned from my coach and mentor, uh, I actually had the opportunity to meet Gary Vaynerchuk uh, last week, Tuesday. He was speaking at the Choice Hotels Conference in Las Vegas, um, and that's what I was there for, to speak there as well. And he gave the opening keynote uh, to a room of very seasoned hospitality professionals, um, and it, he was an eye-opener for sure. Uh, very traditional crowd. And if you know anything about Gary, he definitely um, does not fall into the traditional realm. So um, I think his ability to kind of shake up that market should hopefully spur some innovation and ideas and, and, and motivate people to want to do better. And that's just what I want to try to help people do as well. Man, I love Gary's stuff, by the way. Now, John, I want to ask you a few questions so that our listeners can learn a little bit more about your personal interests. Are you ready? Let's do it. What type of cell phone do you use? iPhone. What type of car do you drive? I have a Ford truck, F-150. Now, you are a seasoned traveler, but do you have a favorite vacation spot? Uh, somewhere on the water. Uh, I grew up in Michigan, so, uh, you know, we have four of the five Great Lakes attached, so I love being somewhere near water. I, no matter where I think I live in the world, I want to have to be near water uh, where you can get good, fresh, local cuisine. The seafood is awesome, so that's a great combination. That's my next question. What is your favorite food? Mm, it's 
tough as well. Being a hospitality consultant, you get to try it all. But I, I love Thai food. It's fresh, good quality Thai food is amazing. And I wish we had less Americanized versions of Asian cuisines in America. Now, John, do you have a book recommendation for our listeners? Uh, I guess I'll probably go with Gary's book. So Jab, 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 Right Hook was the first book that I read by Gary Vaynerchuk. Um, and for all of you out there who are trying to uh, learn a little bit more about marketing, social media, if you're a business, um, that book really puts into context a lot of that mentality of giving value instead of always just asking and not just abusing social media as a one-way advertising platform because that's not what it is. Um, so I definitely scoop that up. And then his new book is the hashtag at Gary V book, which just came out. Um, great book as well. Matt, Gary is all about engagement, and I think that's the takeaway there, right? That That's it. it without engagement, specifically now, since Facebook's <laughs> and most places are moving to uh, uh, algorithmic changes that are based on engagement, if you don't have it, you're dead in the water or, or you're paying for it. Do you have a favorite podcast, John? I think there, there's a good podcast from Michigan here. A buddy of mine works for a company called Everything is Marketing. Uh, it's pretty short. It's fun. Um, and it just talks about how at some point everything can be related back to marketing, uh, which is pretty fun. Uh, and then if you, if you can't watch Gary's kind of Ask Gary V show, you can always pick it up on podcast, and which is fun. Absolutely, yeah. I actually listened to about half of the Everything is Marketing show with you as the featured guest. So, yeah, great stuff. Now, uh, John, do you love to win or hate to lose, and why? It's a tough question. I mean, it's and it's it's a... Uh, it's not usually clearly defined answer because there's it overlaps both ways. I mean, losing is temporary. So is winning. You know, you never like I won and now yeah I won for life. Well, you know, it's just one small win on the other way. But historically, people remember your losses usually more than your wins. So losses individually can be very very detrimental, um, whereas wins are usually some kind of like a cumulative. Um, growth before, you know, that kind of outward success is observed. Um, you win a lot more, I'm sorry, you learn a lot more from your losses uh, and you need to, to lose a lot in the beginning. I mean, being an entrepreneur, I made a lot of bad decisions and, but you learn from them and then you move on and that's kind of the, you can't let those things kill you. So I, I hate to lose because uh, I don't, I'm super competitive, like with anything Ask my girlfriend. It doesn't matter what we're doing. It's like, who can slice carrots the fastest? Who can shrimp the fastest? doesn't matter. Like, everything, I have this stupid, stupid ability to turn everything into a competition no matter what. That's just kind of my analytical brain is there has to be a winner, has to be a loser. And, you know, I, I was kind of brought up that way. The old Ricky Bobby, if you ain't first, you're last. So if you're going to do something, don't half-ass it. Just, you know. Put, put your all into everything you do. And I, and I do that with everything. It's exhausting, but that's just, I don't know. If I'm going to do something, I'm going to make a calculated assessment and say, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to do it, or I'm just not going to do it at all. Now, give our listeners some actionable content here. John, what are you doing to unwind after a long or stressful day? It, I mean, it, I don't want to say it's cliche. I mean, it's kind of weird, but I love my job. So, yeah, I have a long day. I enjoy working. I, I enjoy the, the grind, the climb, the hustle, what it takes to see the projects that I'm working on continue to move forward. I'd love to do that. Um, but if I can't do that, fishing, love being out in the water, turn off the cell phone and, you know, the excitement of fishing and, you know, you see the pole go down, you, you got something, you never know what you have on the end is, uh, 
that's that's a thrill that's that's unmatched by many things. So hunting and fishing, growing up in northern Michigan, I do a lot, but fishing is a great hop in the boat and you get to kind of forget about everything for a little while. Now, John, let's boil this thing down. What is the one thing that you want to share with our listeners about marketing and growing their hospitality business or their business in any industry for that matter? So the biggest thing that I end all my talks with is context is more important than content. Um, you can have great content. The best You made the best brand video ever on earth. But if you auto-posted it from Facebook to Twitter, it doesn't make sense. It's lost. It's dead. So everyone thinks that social media is just a copy-paste. You just put all your information out there and everyone's going to love it. And no matter what, there's, there's a place for content. But context is more important. It's understanding the language of where you're, you're distributing. Have you built relationships with these people or are you just yelling and hoping someone's here, someone hears you? And, and a lot of digital channels are getting treated like that. They're just yelling. It's like standing on top of the Silver Dome and yelling come buy my thing or 10% off this. Like you're not reaching enough people. So just like Gary says all the time, engagement is key. Views are worth nothing unless people, unless people are actually buying stuff. So context is more important than content. So every time you create something and you're about to click publish or send or whatever you do, make sure is the, are the people on the receiving end of this, is this the way that they want to receive this information or is this the way that you want to send it out because it's easy for you? And I'm glad you brought up the difference with Twitter. Like, I mean, I think the Twitter sphere is a lot different than a lot of the other social networking platforms because things just get lost there a lot more quickly than they do on those other platforms. Is that right? Of course. I mean, but, but you got to also learn that every platform is also changing the way the content is executed. A few years ago, when I first started Facebook business pages, everyone who liked your posts got to see everything that you posted. It was great. Now you got 5,000 likes on your page. You're lucky. Oh, seen by 12. So you really have to learn the language of every place that you're going to be and realize that marketing depth is more important than marketing width. It's better to be on two channels and kick ass at both of those than it is to be on 10 of them and only putting 10% of your effort in either of them because you're going to lose. Love it, man. Yeah. Do not create that one piece of content, copy and paste it on the 10 different platforms. You're going to lose that game, right? Yeah. It's, it's, unfortunately, it happens a lot. But the good thing is a lot of people are doing it. That means you can do it better and stand out. That's a good opportunity. Exactly. Now, John, what does the future look like for you and your business? Uh, I mean, I'm looking to continue to expand speaking, uh, which then leads right into more consulting clients and more speaking. Speaking thing is fun for me. Uh, I, I love it when I'm talking and you see people that kind of look like they went off and they'd look up at the sky and they look off and they went into another world. Well, that's usually them like listening. And then all of a sudden that triggered an idea in their brain. And they're like, how do I fix this? And that's when, you know, the wheels start turning and the things you're saying start to have an impact on people. And, you know, when people come up after me and shake my hand and just say, I like that. That was great. That's useful for me. That's what it's about. And so I want to do that to, you know, as many people as I can, but I have to be a practitioner as well. So I have to still deal with, I got to be in the weeds I still have to deal with clients who are just like, oh, I have no idea. And they've just got problems on problems. Like I love that part of it as well. And you learn so much from that. So I can find those problems and then I can go and tell other people on well, this happened and that happened and this is how you can fix it. And that's how you fix it. And that's a, a great combo. So that's what I'm looking for. Great stuff. Now, if people want to view your speaking schedule or learn more about your consulting business, how can they find you? 
Uh, so you can just go to the website, it's Stocky Exchange, so S-T-O-C-K-I, exchange.com, uh, or you can kind of follow my my shenanigans on Instagram, at John Stocky. Uh, always good and fun stuff there. <laughs> John, you've been extremely generous with your time. Thank you for joining us on Bidzy Small Business Society. You take care, man. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Have a great day. Bidzy.com is the website that connects customers and respected local businesses. Customers list goods or services they need and businesses bid on them. Customers, if you're looking for a service provider or a local professional, go to Bidzy.com and post your projects for free. Businesses, if you're looking for new customers or a way to expand your customer base, sign up for your 30-day free trial today at Bidzy.com. Thank you for joining us today on Bidzy Small Business Society. Go to Bidzy.com for information and resources on how you can grow your business. Support Bidzy Small Business Society by writing a review and giving us a five-star rating in iTunes. Your positive review and five-star rating will allow us to continue bringing you free, valuable content from amazing and inspiring entrepreneurs and small business owners. Rate and review Bidzy Small Business Society today.